Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair-Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Hello, guys. I hope everyone's well. Welcome back to the next live interview. I'm here today with Phil Bedford, known as the Rebel Networker. Phil's a best-selling author, and he's been featured in Forbes, BBC, Entrepreneur.com. I'm here today with Phil to talk about his experience of running several communities and why networking is crucial for survival. Ultimately, how entrepreneurs can use this time to thrive together. Phil, welcome to the show, mate. Great to be here, Seb. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Sorry? Hey, everybody. (laughs) These are all your people in the the group. I know you know a lot of of our members because you are a Dubai local. So guys, any, any questions or comments, feel free to, um, to send them in and we can quiz Phil as we go. Um, I'm sure there'll be amazing insights from this, this chat today. How's your, um, how's your week been so far, Phil? Hey, you know, it's actually interesting. Uh, I, I think going into this, I thought, like a lot of people, that we were going to be a lot quieter, uh, but actually really busy. I've had a couple <laughs> of big successes. Um, so yeah, busy and uh, I have to say, I'm even glad it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so funny, isn't it? I think that's exactly right. It's such the case for a lot of entrepreneurs out there. You know, it's a lot of people haven't been this busy for about five to 10 years. You know, this is the time where there are so many problems to solve, right? And so people are just trying to solve them and figure out what to do going forward and throwing themselves into that creativity. So, you know, I think secretly, you know, amidst all the, all the devastation that's very, very serious, a lot of um, entrepreneurs are actually enjoying this moment in their business to actually, to actually find a way to pivot and grow. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think uh, you, you've hit it on the head. It's not the best time for a lot of people. There's a lot of sadness out there. And um, it's forcing us to think differently. And I think if you're that kind of person that wants that challenge and likes to think outside the box, hey, you know what? You, you can't solve uh, tomorrow's problems with, with strategies from yesterday, right? So, yeah. you know, it gets us to think differently, gets us to look out the box. And if you're right, you're going to come out with new business solutions, selling to a new target market and maybe with a, a new future for yourself. So, yeah, I yeah. suppose it's the way we approach it, right? Absolutely. Well, that, that kind of brings me on to, to, to asking you that question, you know. Could you give me a little bit of a background about what you were doing pre-lockdown and now what you're doing in the lockdown? So a lot of my stuff is obviously done face-to-face. Uh, when you take the word networking or relationships, you know, it all really means, you know, face-to-face. Uh, there is nothing like going face-to-face, shaking hands with someone, giving them a hug, working with them, getting all the body back. There's nothing like that. Um, and so obviously that all stopped. And, uh, you know, I think my, my big thing was, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And in a very short period of time, we transitioned into, you know, the online space. And very luckily, uh, uh, Zoom was opened up in our region. So I think that, you know, we just really transitioned slightly to Zoom world. And I think once you can switch your head around and your sort of dynamics of the energy, 
you know, you can almost put yourself in the room with that person, even though it's digital. And, and I'll, I'm at the moment, I'm doing two or three speaking engagements a week, just as if I was on a stage. So really, all that's transitioned is um, moving it online. I still do my workshops. I still do my speaking. I still touch base with friends. You know, we get together and have a cup of tea and coffee online. You know, I mean, we're just learning to yeah. adapt. Isn't that what we do as humans? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, and really, you know, how, what do you feel is the skill to learn to adapt? How can, I know a lot of people are struggling to adapt. What is it that makes one person struggle with adapting and another person, you know, find it not, not difficult at all? Well, I mean, everyone's got skill sets, right? So uh, some people are going to be a little bit more um, artistic and think of the solutions easier than others. Other people are more stuck in their ways. That's the way they are as human beings. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think what makes particularly the community I'm involved with is they're all entrepreneurs, but they're entrepreneurs who choose to be around other entrepreneurs. Okay. And the thing is, as an individual, you, me, the people listening to this, as an individual, you only have your own life experiences to go with. You know, these are the problems I solved. This was me growing up. You know, this is the solutions that I can think of. And the thing is, if you can put yourself in an environment with multiple people from different professions, different backgrounds, different skill sets, and you can table your challenges, you're going to come out with multiple solutions. And I think I'm blessed because not only do I have clients that I work with, but those clients also become resources for me. So do you know what? It's a win-win. And, and yeah. so you, you can come out with multiple solutions because you're around multiple people with multiple life experiences. And that's a choice. You might choose yeah. to stay at home and not do that. Completely. I, th I think, I think, you know, your, your network is so important, right? And one of the things that a mentor of mine keeps telling me is um, environment dictates performance and, and really who you surround yourself with and, you know, the, the kind of caliber of people you surround yourself with, especially when it comes to something like this, that becomes so important, right? To bounce ideas off, get advice. Well, one of the things I learned, Seb, is, is um, a long time ago, it's, it's actually a, qu a quote, I think it was Napoleon Hill. And he said, you know, if you take the five people that you spend the most of your time with, okay, take the five people you spend the most of your time with, add their incomes together, and then divide by five. Your revenue, your personal income is normally within $2,000 of that average. Wow. Right? And, 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 it's, and, and if you think about it, you yeah, know, in, you know it's true because if if we look at any human being, we're the yeah. average of the people we hang around. So you go back right back to your school days, right? Who do all the troublemakers hang around? Yeah, troublemakers. Who do the rich kids hang around? The rich kids, <laughs> the poor kids, the poor kids, the the geeks, the geeks. And so the thing is, if you can challenge yourself and start to hang around a higher average, you become subconsciously closer to that average. Mm. And so that's the strategy. It's called networking up. Really interesting. I mean, one of the, one of the things we're trying to do in this group is 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 keep the quality of members really high. You know, we're, so we've got a there's there's an application form to come in. There's about 800 people who have applied so far, and there's only about 180 in the group. And it's because we want to keep everyone you know aligned with the same kind of vision to to thrive in this crisis and to work together. The majority, I think, 85% is is local Dubai business owners. So we're we're trying to keep it all aligned. How do you, in incentive, you know, keep the caliber of your members in, in the networking group really high? Well, number one is there's um, people have to pay to join. A lot of people don't like to pay. They want it all for free. And, mm. uh, and while this is important, while some people can't afford education, you know, there is a lot of free stuff on the internet and there's a lot of free stuff I put out there. So, you know, free stuff is okay. But, um, you know, world-class people never get what they got to where they are by free stuff. 
Roger yeah. Federer didn't get his tennis coaching for free on YouTube, right? He paid a guy <laughs> to take him to another level. And, and that's the thing. People expect to be world-class for free. It's just not the way it works, right? Yeah. And so number one is we have a price point that people need to pay to be there. Um, but also there's a filtering system. And part of that filtering system is how do I feel about working with them? Uh, how do they feel about working with me? And how do my community feel about them? And so that way, what you're doing is you're continually building and, and there's lots of little tests along the way. Some people don't realize they're going through them. Some people do. Yeah. But you know, there's, there's a great thing that was done by, or it was a great um, idea by a gentleman called Stuart Emery. And what you're doing here, maybe with, with purpose or not realizing you're doing it, is what Stuart said. And Stuart said, just imagine for one minute that the rest of your roof, your, the rest of a big pardon, the rest of your life is an empty room. Right. The rest of your life is an empty room. And in that empty room is everything you want out of life for you, yeah. your family, your kids, your business, your free time, your retirement, everything you want, right? Now, in that room, that empty room is you. But that room has a one-way door. Now, just and anybody you let into your room is either going to lift you up and enhance you or they're going to pull you back. And every relationship we have either lifts us up or pulls us back. You think about mm. that. Everyone you know, they either enhance you or pull you back. You know, yeah. it's, the it's the energy vampires or it's the people that, you know, you think, oh, wow, they're awesome. And so the thing is, it's a one-way door. So anybody you let in your room is with you for life. Who would you let in your room if you're trying to get the best life you can have? Yeah, yeah, it's a great right? question. <laughs> right? But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're human beings, right? So it's not just about what other people can give to me. So the question is, number one, who's in your room? But secondly, whose room are you in? Brilliant. Great concept. And that's what you're yeah. doing here. And that's what I do with my, 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 yeah. it really makes me think, you know, how much value are you giving to someone else's life, you know, to their room? Do you know what I mean? How it kind of, it kind of puts the, puts the shoe on the other foot, but you know, how, how are you giving value? I love that. That's really, really good. And, and especially now, I think a lot of people are kind of changing their mentality a little bit. I've seen a lot of, a lot of people who maybe were previously, you know, just kind of wrapped up in, in doing their own thing now outwardly looking for ways to help other people, you know? Yeah, I, th I think there's, I actually saw a study out of the BBC. I was watching the news recently, BBC World, and they were saying, um, you know, one of the things that they see, there, there was a survey, you know, what do you think is gonna, it's going to be like post-COVID? What's going to change? And yeah. one of the things they said on, this, on, this, on the survey was community has gone back to becoming important Yes. You know, we've realized that we need people. You know, what happens is it's, 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 the, it's the weirdest thing because the more we're told to socially distance, the more we reach out to connect. Mm. And it's, it's only because it's been taken away from us. It's like a child. You, you know, their best toy will sit there on the floor and they won't play with it. But you take it away and they'll fight for it. And it's, just, it's, just, it's the same with it. They need your skills, Seb. They need the old, give me back the toy. But... Um, but here's the thing. It's the same with human beings. Until we haven't got it, we don't know we need it. And now mm. relationships are becoming more and more important. We're all spending more time with our wives and our kids. And, and for years, we've been making excuses about not doing it because we're, you know, we're building a business, which yeah. is important. But at the end of the day, we do this for our families. Yeah. We don't have our families for that. It's the other way around. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just interesting, you know, really interesting what it's given us. It's like a wake-up call. It totally is, isn't it? It's, it's really, really interesting. I mean, that kind of leads me on to, you know, this being a wake up call. What are the, what are the, what is happening right now? And what are the kind of biggest lessons we can learn from it? Oof. Uh, well, do you know, I think, 
there's, there's multiple lessons. I mean, obviously, you've got businesses here, by the way, we have to say, doing the best they've ever done, right? So while for some of us it's a crisis, for other people it's the best thing that ever happened. And I, I, that's done with all respect to the people that have lost people and illnesses and all that. We're just looking from an economical perspective, purely. So for some people, economically wise, best thing that ever happened. For other people, they're finished. You know, there is nothing they can do. And, yeah. um, and the rest of us are normally somewhere along that line, right? Uh, and so I think if anything, it's, it's getting people to think smart. Uh, one thing, you know, I've always done, you know, I've built a number of businesses now and I've always built them for free. I don't spend much money in my marketing and advertising because I've learned to do it the free way. And I think where a lot of larger companies have been so privileged because they've always had marketing budget, they've always had salespeople. And of course, what's happening now is they're having to lose budget. They're spending all their money keeping their staff. You know, yeah. you've got air airlines going bust. Whoever saw that happening? You know, hotels closing their doors overnight. Whoever saw that happening? You know, a mm. couple of months ago, these guys have multi-million dollar budgets. Now they've got nothing. And if we could get all of them to think like entrepreneurs, if we could get them to think like small business owners that are launching their business with no money, they mm. might get smart and I think if they could be smart, then they could they could impact the business going forward. But they've never had to think that way, so they don't. Totally, and and I think you know, as a as a, I think most people in this in this group are small business owners, you know, entrepreneurs, and the the huge benefit that we're sitting on is is that we can be agile, we can be we can be smart, we can share our own ideas, and we can adapt very very quickly. You know, whenever I think I think whenever you work with a big business. You know, there's, there's a compliance team. You've got to, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. That's got to go to this department or that department. You can't just come up with an idea, with a concept, and just roll it out and test it and see if the market's going to say yes or no. I think that's the huge benefit of running a running a small business and being nimble, right? Especially now. Yeah, yeah you can take it and do it, right? Uh, but then again, one of the biggest challenges for people who are starting a small business is when they come from big business. Right. So you come from big business. Yeah. Your solution to everything is to throw money at it, right? Yeah. Well, if you do that, your money runs out very, very quickly. Mm. Uh, and so running a small business is completely different to a big business. You know, we would struggle to run a big business. They would struggle to run a small business. Completely yeah. different skill set. Yeah, completely. Definitely. Really, really interesting. So, so the biggest lesson there really is to summarize that it would be, the fact that we that we're able to move quickly or to 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 stay lean and you know to to look at how we can how to, we can market our services as lean as possible. I used to be as lean as possible, but it's also to learn from people that have done it. You know, yeah. if you start, you know, my new book is is out very shortly. It's all about the mistakes people make when they when they launch a business, um, and we see the same kind of things popping up all the time. You know, one of the one of the biggest tips I give anyone is if you're going to launch your own business, go and surround yourself with people that have failed. Right. As much as they've <laughs> succeeded, right? Because so, they made the mistakes, you know? And, and the trouble is a lot of people, one of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs make is when they launch a business because they're good at one thing. You know, I'm a dentist, I'm a lawyer, I'm a branding guy, I'm this, I'm brilliant at this. They think everybody's just going to walk through the door because mm. they're good at what they do. And they haven't mm. realized yet that actually running a business is more about marketing and sales than it is about delivering your product. Yes, yeah. And, and unless you can accept that, then you're going to struggle. And, and so it often takes people a full year in business failing before they realize they need to reach out for help mm. because they don't, 
and, and of course, entrepreneurs don't want to ask for help because they're entrepreneurs, right? I'm going to do it myself. And, yeah. and it, it takes a bit of humility sometimes. Yeah, completely. I mean, this, I think, I think, I think, yeah, this, this, this stage we're in now is a very humbling stage for a lot of people as it is. Um, but, but certainly when it, when it comes to finding a mentor and finding someone who's been there and done that, that you can learn from, I mean, it's, it's vital in, in, in business for sure. I mean, it's something that as soon as I, as soon as I found men, a mentor or mentors, it, it just transforms, you know, our, our businesses. And, and, and I think also on a personal level, you know, it's, it's got that ability to, you know, to transform you. I know one of the things we, we spoke about um, before this was a, was a transformation you've been through um, through your business. And I know, I know that a lot of people, you know, you're, you're, you're out there, you're networking, you're on the stage. A lot of people kind of look at you as, as someone who, you know, this is, this is natural to you. It's easy for you, Phil, because you're a natural at this, right? And, um, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, we've had, a, we've had a brief chat about this before. Um, but, you know, from your perspective, do you feel like that is something you can learn? <laughs> yeah, you got me. I mean, little do they know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm very much a situational extrovert. I can turn it on if I have to. Um, but naturally, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not particularly um, comfortable around crowds. I don't particularly enjoy walking into a room with strangers. Um, I actually hid uh, from speaking for the first couple of years of my professional life because I didn't know what to do or how to do it. Mm. And um, it, it is interesting. You can definitely learn this stuff. Uh, I, I take you on a little trip into my history, if you don't mind. Uh, when, yeah. when I uh, when I was um, when I was sort of when I was a kid, um, I was very intelligent, uh, but I was also gin. So thanks, mum and dad, for that. Uh, I was clever, but I was you know a little bit chubby. I was clever, uh, and and so basically, that, when I was a kid, that was a prime recipe for being bullied, and and also I didn't want to get in fights because I didn't want to stand up for myself and get in trouble with my dad, which made it even worse. <laughs> so I remember, so I kind of went through this period in my life where I didn't really have a lot of friends. I was very nervous. Mm. And when I was, when I was, um, uh, 15 years old, uh, I remember my, um, mum, cooking me this beautiful meal and, you know, got the drinks set up, beautiful birthday party. She said, invite your friends. You're nearly a man, you know, we'll have this birthday and we'll go out and leave you the house. So 15 years old, my mum cooks it all, gets it all ready, and they go out and, you know, they come back, you know, sort of three or four hours later, you know, they walk in, how's it gone? And I'm sat there all on my own. Oh, man. Not a single person came, right? But here's the thing. It was my fault. I didn't invite anyone. I was, I was so concerned that people would say no because I was so scared of rejection that I kind of sat there thinking they just know about it somehow magically and turn up. So it's, it's madness, right? So when they didn't come, was that? And this is the thing. Even now, right, even now, every time I run an event, every time I do a speaking engagement, I do a networking, I do a workshop, what do you think's going on inside me? What if they don't come? Mm. And, it, and, and it's so easy just to not do anything because I've got my own excuses. And every person that starts in business has their own reason for not doing something. You know, um, uh, I'm uncomfortable marketing. I don't want to stand on the stage. It's not me. I'm not comfortable. Yeah, okay. Mm. You know, um, I'm not comfortable doing this. I'm not comfortable doing that. Well, hey, guess what? I wasn't. And so what I did is I learned how to do it. I learned, Phil, if you do this, do this, do this, do this, the room will be full. Just follow the system. 
Mm. And, and so what I do now is I'm, I'm blessed because I have a system that I know works. And so if I can teach that to entrepreneurs and they can get over what's holding them back, yeah. then they can learn that system and they can fill their rooms, sell their products, live the life they want. But they have to want to take that step and you need to want it bad enough. Amazing. That's such a, such a brilliant story and such a powerful why for the reason why you do what you do, I guess, you know, it, it's interesting whenever I, well, often when I speak to entrepreneurs about this type of stuff and they're, and they're, they're very self-aware and they've, they've actually dived into their past to try and join up the dots and figure out, you know, why have I got a passion for this? You know, where did this, where did this passion come from so that I wanted to spend, you know, 18 hours a day <laughs> trying to build this thing, you know, which is often the case, right? How many, how many of us have been through that, especially now? And, um, and I think, uh, you know, you look back and you join up the dots and it's like, well, often it comes from this deep pain. You're, it's, this, it's almost this avoidance, this fear of something which drives us forward. And I think often, often owning that, you know, can be a great source of power. I don't know how much um, you know about what I do with, with bullying and anti-bullying and all that sort of stuff, um, but we've got a big global platform to mentor children through bullying. And I, I run another podcast called the Warrior Academy podcast. We interview lots of um lots of successful business owners and athletes and lots of people like that who have been through bullying um, at a younger age and attest their success in life now to what they've been through. And I'm sure there's lots of people listening uh, in the group right now who, you know, if they look back, they could probably join up the dots and, and realize, you know, actually I've been through bullying when I was younger. And that was almost like the stepping stone to launch me into this life. And, you know, for, for, for you to go from that position as a, as a young boy, where you know people weren't weren't turning up and you felt isolated you felt alone to to being the head franchisee of a of a global organization which connects people around the world you know featured in forbes and, and all these you know best-selling author all these different things you know would that have happened if you didn't go through that pain when you were younger absolutely not and and you you it's, it's what you're alluding to isn't it you can take that and you can be a victim or you can take that and turn it into energy to change the world and do some good and you know, a lot, a lot of that comes with the people you're around that enable you to do that. Um, do, do you know, it's interesting you talk about the bullying, you know, and, and, and often when I join groups, if I join a networking group and someone says to me, do you want to go with the big one that's doing well or do you want to go with the one that's struggling? Yeah. I'll go with the struggling one, you know, and, 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 and that's why I like entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs, when they're starting out, they're fighting tooth and nail. They're struggling. And, and yeah. you know what? They're, they're being bullied but they're being bullied by the economy. They're being bullied by their own lack of knowledge, their own arrogance, you know, their yeah. own whatever, but they're being bullied. I want to get in there and do something about that because I want someone to be patting me on the back later on and going, Hey, well done, Phil. I couldn't have done it without you. And do you know what? For a bullied kid, there's nothing better than being recognized as being a success. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A lot of amazing lessons in that. We could do another podcast. And do you know what? We need you. We need you on the war. <laughs> we need to. Uh, we need to get your story out there. I think. I love to be there. I, I, I just love spotting the similarities between you know the, the past and and what we're doing now. It's just for me that's just absolutely fascinating. You know, really really interesting. You, you may have heard. I don't know if you heard. Um, uh, Nancy Haynes. She's got a. Uh, she's got a um, a great story. Uh, you know, she was she was she's in this group. Uh, Nancy. Um, she was she was bullied really badly. Um, Ten years of chronic bullying for the way she looked, and what did she turn into? A, a confidence and presentation coach, right? Ah, Doctor Nancy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Nancy, yeah. So I mean, it's amazing, right, to see to see where that comes from. So yeah, truly, truly inspiring. Let's see if we got some, some 
great questions here on the side. Um, let's read through some of these. Such good advice, so powerful. Great question, Will. I can't see all of the uh, names, guys. When you're um, when you're on the Facebook group and you're watching this, guys, feel free to click on the StreamYard link in the description, just so I can see your um, your name, so I can uh, give you a shout out on the live. Um, Arnold says he loves this interview so much. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> We're enjoying it too. Uh, let's have a look here. What do the next three months look like to you? And what do the next six months look like to you? Okay, this sounds like a secret coach. So is asking me this question. That's like a coaching question. <laughs> and he's not saying he or she are Go. not showing so we can't we can only see a facebook user so come you know. on admit to it you're a coach come on <laughs> <laughs> what do you need to keep doing what do you need to stop doing and what do you need to start doing <laughs> okay so. who is phil bedford <laughs> who is that superhero <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> we can just uh, sit and have a laugh if you want i, know, yeah. um, I do so, anyway <laughs> so the, the next three months for me oh goodness good question so um i'm working i'm actually working on my own e-learning portal is one so that that's one thing i'm doing um my, my next book will be out shortly um i've got two coaches who've just started with me so i'm getting them uh, certified so they can go out and help their own clients so i've got a busy a busy couple of months coming up uh the next six months uh, do you know what? I hadn't even got that far, to be fair. I've been so enjoying what I'm doing now and focusing on the things I'm doing that whoever that person was, thank you. I'm going to go away and think about that now. Um, but you know what? It's, it's just positive, man. You know, if, if we end up in lockdown and staying here, you know, I'll find a way forward. And, and do you know what? I think what this has done for me is, is really I've enjoyed reaching out to people and building. I've been doing a networking thing called Quarantine Connect. And that's been awesome because we've been getting people coming on there that, and just starting relationships with people. It's been just great to help people and give them a positive, positive place to be. And so I think keeping that going and seeing what that we, what we've started here, what elements that we've started here, will we now carry on afterwards because it's appropriate and the world's changed. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, really. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about Quarantine Connect and, and dive into that a little bit more. I think that a lot of members in our group would love to benefit from that. Um, one, one question I've got is you're, 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 you, you mentioned how you're enjoying this, this change in, in the way you're working. Um, you're working online now a lot more and it's this complete shift for your business, right? Do you feel that you're more connected with people now than you were pre-lockdown, despite the change? Ooh, good question. Um, as, a, as, a situational, as a situational extrovert, Oh, hold on. I need to hug the screen. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not sure about that. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, because in one way, no, because, you know, there's all these people we haven't been able to see. Um, mm. uh, you know, I'm going to stay locked away a little bit longer because, um, you know, because I think it's the right thing to do. But at the same time, I've noticed that people are showing up more often than they would normally because they don't have to drive there. You know, it's so easy just to to put on quarantine connect and someone can come networking and they're, they're there for an hour. They don't have half an hour drive, half an hour home, you know? So I'm actually finding people are turning up a lot more than they would normally. So yeah. yes, you know, even, even friends and family, you know, we've got, um, I've done things with groups of people that we never would have done prior, mm. so, you know, um, family, friends, we've done zoom calls with my family. We never do that. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think in a funny way, Sub, is, is, it is. You, you yeah. connect, but you've got to want to do it. You've got to reach out and do it. There's still people there that find excuses not to turn up on Zoom networking mm. for whatever I, reason. <laughs> I find reasons, yeah. Dogs in the background, children crying. It's, it's amazing how I managed to pull this podcast together. I don't know how I'm doing it, but, yeah. So, <laughs> the um, yeah, the reason I asked that question, is I, I asked quite a few people that because I've got a bit of a theory on this, and I think – you know, we spoke about how people have, you know, they, they, they are seeking connection because it's been taken from them, right? And, and, I, and I, just, I just figure right now, if people are seeking that more than ever, and it's, it's easy to facilitate connection because we don't have to drive somewhere to do it. It's, you know, the, the, it's the perfect environment to facilitate that connection now, right? And, and then on top of that, you've got people are they're all there. If you imagine every business has got a, a you know, a hand of cards, those cards are all on the table now. So collaborations are going on everywhere, you know? And I, so for me, it just seems people are more open from my perspective. They seem more open to connection um, than ever before. So it's just quite an interesting, an interesting observation. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of what was filling up their time before has been taken yeah. away. Right. And so all those resources, the way you would have done things have gone and it's like, Oh, I need help. So what do I do? Go to yeah. people. You know, you, you know, Google Bubba is not going to help us. You know, we can't sort of Google and suddenly say, you know, fill my time. You know, we need to be out there. And I think when things are really going bad, you reach out to your friends, don't you? It's yeah. not what friends it's all about. And it's just reminded us of that, you know. Um, but, you know, even now, it, you know, seriously, you know, there's plenty of ways we can spend our time and we can fill our time if we want to. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, you, we can all think of 10 excuses not to do something. We just need one good reason to change what we're doing and to change our future. So it's mm. about looking for reasons, not excuses. And, that, and again, that comes down to the person, right? Mm. How, how, badly, how badly do you want it? Um, yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be – I keep checking in with myself because I'm not perfect. You know, I can, I can be, you know, a wally sometimes, and I can find excuses just like anybody. You know, I'm human, I think. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, some people won't say that. <laughs> but um, – but, you know, at the end of the day, I check in with myself and I say, look, imagine for one minute, Phil, that, you know, this COVID lockdown is finished. What have you done with it? Yeah. What, what have you done that you wouldn't have done anyway? What, have you, what can you say, okay, it wasn't the best time in the world, but I wouldn't have got this thing if I hadn't been there. So turn it on its head. What, what do you can know, you do? What can you leverage this for? This leaves a great question here. This kind of leads us to a great question here from Whale. Um, Phil, what if you haven't been hurt or pushed down? So, you know, um, you're referring to the bullying episode. Um, the reason for that heated source of energy. Um, do you think there's another way we can acquire this heated source of energy to achieve more in life? And this, this is quite an interesting moment you've asked that because we're in a lockdown where people's businesses are being ripped from them. So if you wanted a kind of heated source of energy, we're kind of living through it for a lot of people, right? Mm. Yeah, and thanks for that question, Wild. We'll be having a chat later on. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> I actually play underwater hockey with him. So, uh, oh, really? Well, yeah. He's, he's asked the question on the live. You can't just wait until oh, later. Oh, oh, no, I'm going to hit him. Wild, you're, you're, you're in trouble, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, do you know? Gosh, I don't know. Do you know, it's... it's who knows? You know, if it hadn't happened to me, I absolutely would not be who I am today. Uh, that, that is fixed. You know, if I'd been running, a, you know, I see a lot of people who are, you know, the, I don't know, 
the, the beautiful kid at school that everybody loves and they're popular and everything they want comes easy. Uh, I know people, you know, everything they've ever wanted has come easy because they're good looking and they're sociable, right? And, mm. and they're, they're running along with no life experiences, no achievements, no nothing because they've never had to fight for it. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, while I really don't know, mate, who would I have been if it had been easy? Don't know. All I know is who I am today and what I can keep doing with it, you know? I really don't know. Yeah, definitely, and and you know, I, I think I think while while there's while there's so much you know potential to, to to take out of a difficult traumatic situation, it's not something you kind of want to bring into your life, you know. And and but but I guess ultimately, especially if this happens when you're younger, that brings so much resilience into your life, right? It can really develop your character. One of the things we say about bullying in the in the Not a Victim book is that it has this ability to make or break your character, and I and I really believe that's true for for any for any, you know, traumatic experience. So, so ultimately for me, it's, it's more about character development than it is about the individual experience. So I, so I, I kind of look into, look into things that would challenge you, things that would really challenge you. Is there a way that you can sign up to something or push yourself mentally, physically? You know, if you, if you, if you really want to bring, you know, resilience and character development to your life, then I, I would look for a massive adventure personally. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, I think it's a great tip. And, and again, that comes to the networking thing, right? Or, you know, network yeah. up, hang, hang around people, and you sit there and go, whoa. Yeah. Or look, look, at, look at someone that you admire, you know, mm. and think, right, what is it about them that I admire? What have they achieved? I mean, something I used to do is um, um, coming from the bully, you know, background, you know, it's easy to sit there and, and particularly with very confident people, it's easy to be scared of them. You know, when you've got that A-type personality that they're so confident in everything they do and everything's positive, it's easy to be scared with that. And um, and uh, so what I used to do is actually go and find people that, for the lack of a better word, scared me. You know, the ones that when I'm sat with them, I start sweating down my back yeah. because they, they seem to have all the answers and they've got it all together. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, don't ask me anything complicated because my brain's mush. And, and I, would, I would actually sit there and, you know, I'd, I'd be like, you know, how can I even get past this? And you know what? That has happened to me so many times in the past. And that individual that used to make that sweat go down my back, six months later, they're a mate. I'm having a laugh with them. And I'm thinking, do you know what? You don't know it all. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? You've got problems. Do you know what? Sometimes you say stuff that's daft. Do you know what? Sometimes you're having to apologize. I mean, look at the most powerful people in the world at the moment. They're making mistakes. And we're all sitting there going, you did what? Really? Mm -hmm. We're all, you know, we've just got to surround ourselves and realize that nobody's perfect and we can learn from all of them and lift yeah. our level. Completely. Yeah. And it, and it just, it just, it makes me kind of, think, you know, back to the public speaking thing and the, and the getting over yourself, getting over your nerves to speak publicly, you know, at, at, what, at what point after, after about a year of business, you said, you said you were avoiding it for about a year. Right. And then, and then, and then you mentioned that you then started to, to get into it. And it's, mm. at what point does that fear become more of a signal that this is something you should be doing because you're scared of it. In order for you to grow, you know, that, that fear is actually a signal. Mm. Do you know, I, I don't know if I ever, I don't know if that was consciously a decision I made that, you know, I need to do this because I'm scared. Um, I think what I did was learn to enjoy it. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean I don't get nervous. Whenever I go on, I, I, I'm still a little bit nervous. But what you do is you learn to turn that nerve, those nerves and respect them as in to make sure you do a good job for the audience. Yeah, so just yeah. re repurpose those nerves. Um, and I acknowledge the fact that there's different kinds of nerves. You know, some people will be so nervous they can't speak or some people will be so nervous their legs go. 
okay, so that's a different kind of nerves and you can get help for that practice, yeah. NLP, whatever. Um, but you never stop being nervous. And I think if anyone says they're not nervous, it could be excited nervous or it could be a little cautious nervous, but it's about recognizing that. Um, but I do enjoy it. But I mean, in the early days when I speak, when I used to speak, um, you know, it's, it's quite funny. Even some of the top speakers, I've caught speakers backstage doing jumping jacks just to get themselves pumped up and get their energy going. And I'm like, you're doing what? Uh, and, you know, I, I used to be there, um, you know, I used to go and do four or five espresso coffees to get, you know, to get myself fired up. Uh, yeah. And then after, after a while, I learned that was a bad move. because yeah, I was right. like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in that position as well. I think, you know, just one more espresso, then I'll, then I'll absolutely smash this. You won't. You're going to start. You'll be three times as fast, right? <laughs> I need to slow down. It's a multicultural society. <laughs> You're keynote done in 20 minutes. <laughs> Phil, you got another 55 minutes to go. Oh, no. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Good question here from Sabrina. Um, as an entrepreneur, what is your most important advice to thrive in this crisis? Be around other positive entrepreneurs and reach out 100%. Oh. Surround yourself with positive people. It's as simple as that for me. Uh, you know, when you're surrounded by positive, they lift you up. If you're surrounded by negative, they'll pull you back. Awesome. I love that. And, and, and ultimately, guys, that's how you should see this, this group. You know, I, it's, it's finding this balance of being real and saying it exactly how it is, but, all, but also having this kind of no negativity, super positive, we're all going to smash this type mentality, right? Yeah. And you know what? The interesting thing is, you know, I, you know, I came here today to do this and I thought, you know, it's going to be nice. I've had a real laugh. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, you and my reputation, um, um, relationships, I've to take another jump, you know, yeah. we kind of know each other, but I've had a, I've had a great laugh. I'd love to catch up for a, a coffee when this is all over or whatever. And yeah. have fun. I'm going to leave this, I'm going to leave this now really on a high and look for what a great way to go into the weekend, you know, a mm. better relationship. I've seen some of the comments coming on here. You know, you know, you've added value. That's yeah. a great way to finish the working week. And we totally. need to see, we need to seek out more of that. Totally, yeah, guys. If you're watch, if you're watching this and you've enjoyed this, you've enjoyed me and Phil just basically chilling out this afternoon, having a laugh. Then uh, then hit the like button so we can get a we can get a good idea of who's enjoying this. <laughs> uh, YL, you better be. YL better be. Ah, well done, mate. I'm watching you. Okay, I, I am being positive. Hang around me. <laughs> Amazing, good stuff. So we got I got a question here from F10X. These guys, they're always sending questions in. Um, what are your top tips to ensure you are working efficiently at home during this quarantine, Phil? Well, all I can do is share what works for me. Uh, and I dress up for work every day. So number one, uh, I dress for work every day. I haven't got shorts on. I do have trousers on. I have work shoes. Um, I have an area in the in the, the house that's mine. An area is my wife's. So my wife's in the kitchen. Uh, I think she got the best deal, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> But uh, I've got my area. She's got her area. Um, you know, clean up at the end of the day, and definitely at the weekend, it all gets put away. Um, yeah, I think that's the big one. I think it's, it's having that mindset, and and you know, keeping the TV off, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, and just having that mindset, like I'm at work. Yeah, totally. R routine is so important, right? I mean, I mean, I, I guess it's just for a lot of people, they're not used to working from home, right? And so, you know, what, what about, what about training? Do you, do you find that you, you, I mean, you obviously train regularly. I know you do, you do water polo, right? 
Oh, underwater hockey normally. Um, I haven't obviously done that for a while. Um, my big thing recently has been triathlon. So, mm. um, uh, uh, so I've been training for that. I had a coach and all this, that, and so I just just cracked my first Ironman. So I'm really, really chuffed with that. Really? So, Tell us about that. Oh, mate, you don't know about that. So I, <laughs> one, of, one of my goals was to do my first triathlon for my 50th birthday. So I did wow. that a couple, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, that was kind of fun. You know, many years ago, I was wanted to, I used to train with the, um, some of the England squad at Loughborough University. Uh, but I, I, I could never do the triathlon because I had bad ankles and I couldn't afford a bike. Yeah. And um, so I used to just swim. And so it always been a dream of mine to do a triathlon. And a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, James Matthews, um, who, who runs an IT company here um, uh, called Silver Lining, and he, he chased me up and he said, Phil, I want to do this, you know, this sprint Ironman. Do you want to get involved? You know, come with me. So he kind of prompted me to do it. And so that's where I did the first one. And I was, you know, and then I'm seeing all these people doing this thing called the Ironman. And I'm thinking, oh, that sounds really cool. And, mm-hmm. then, and then I met a guy called Alvin Cooney, uh, who's a, a Santa franchise in Australia, who's an Ironman. And I'm thinking, oh, this sounds really cool. And um, I said, you know, what is it? And so someone said, and this is where I'm going to get in trouble because I can never remember the swim part. Um, it's something, it's, oh gosh, was it a 1,900-meter swim, something like that? Um, and then it's a 90-kilometer cycle straight away followed by a half-marathon run. And I thought, oh, that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and so I kind of signed up for it. But the thing is, I signed up for it as I was hobbling to my physiotherapist. I couldn't walk. And every time I tried to run more than about three kilometers, I couldn't run. And so I'm, I'm signing up for this, this thing that I've never run that far in my life. I've never cycled that far. I've never swum that far. And I'm signing up for this thing, hobbling on my way to um, the physiotherapy clinic. You signed, you signed up to this while you were, while you were still injured. What was, the, what? what was the difference in time? How long was the gap? Uh, I, I had three months to do it. Three months. Nothing like a, nothing like accountability, right? To hold yourself to something and then <laughs> signing up to something three months away. Well, do you know what? And this, and, and by the way, this is one of the biggest learnings I had for running a small business. Um, mm. and, and it really is an amazing comparison because I had three months to do this, right? So I had a limited time period. I didn't have five or six years. And of course, I'm 51 now, right? So every year is going to be theoretically getting tougher. Uh, not making excuses, but it is one of the most competitive categories, apparently, in triathlon. Mm-hmm. 50. Who knew? So anyway, um, <laughs> what a silly time to start. Um, so, um, so, so, so the thing is, I had three months. But the interesting thing is for entrepreneurs, when they launch a business, they don't have 10 years to make this work. They have two years or yeah. a year. Because if they don't make it in a year or two years, the money runs out. Mm. And, they've gone back, and they're back to get a job. So even an entrepreneur has a limited period of time. We don't think about this. And so what I realized with my track, with my, uh, my Ironman was, that, you know what? Here's my challenge. I'm not going to be able to do this on my own because I'm injured. Every time I try and run, I injure myself again. So what did I do? I thought, okay, how am I going to do this? So number one, I went to see my physiotherapist, a lady called Rachel Delaney. Uh, and she's a triathlete. So number one, she was helping me with the, the, you know, the physiotherapy and keeping myself uninjured as much as possible. But here's the thing, I could still get injured. So I didn't want to get injured so she had to fix it. So I went and got myself a triathlon coach. So I went to a lady called Barbara from Grow Wings. So I paid Barbara to coach me. Okay, so get coached. Don't, make them, don't get the, uh, the, the hurt. Combine that with a physiotherapist. She sends me an app. So now I've got an accountability app. Did you do this, Phil? Did you do that, Phil? Right. So now I've got my accountability. I've got my coach. I've got my physiotherapist. 
Uh, and then I went and thought, okay, who do I need to hang out with? So I went and hang out, hung out with and trained with people who'd already done Ironman. So my, my, uh, my, my friend Paul, um, Paul Bahrain, he's, he's just done his first, uh, well, first couple of Ironmen. And so I train with him, train with the, so what do you do? You're networking up. You're, you're networking with people who've achieved it. So you're lifting yourself up with training. You're lifting yourself up with accountability. You've got the coaches. I've got this. I hit my Ironman. And in three months, I cracked it. And then I'll go, hey, done it. But what I had to do was get the right coaches to get me where I wanted to go. And yeah. isn't that a great story for business? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You know, build, build, build the team around you that's going to raise you up, you know, to achieve your goal, you know, ultimately, right? Amen. Fantastic. Really, really cool. There was a, there was a great quote uh, we, you said to me. I'm going to, I won't steal it from you. I'll let you say it. <laughs> about the, um, about the wolf. Ah, the that one. Yeah, tell me the quote once more. I think I think the guys watching this will absolutely love it. Uh, well, actually, I, I'm not sure where this comes from. I'm not sure if it's Game of Thrones or whether it was an old one, uh, but I think maybe Game of Thrones borrowed it from somebody. Phil Bedford. Uh, well, do you know what? If you said it four times, it's yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was. it's a great quote, and it's, um, you know, in the winter, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Amazing. I love that. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so true as well, isn't it? It is. And I think one of my other favorites is actually an African proverb. And the African proverb is, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And if we really think about that, that is so true. Mm. Yeah. Guys, I think that's probably the perfect way to end this awesome interview. I've had a, I've had a great time. I'm sure you have uh, two guys watching at home. Um, Phil, do you have any last words for everyone before we talk about how these guys can get in, get in touch with you? Uh, my last words is, you know, um, reach out, whether it's reach out to me, reach out to your friends, reach out to your network, just reach out. And you know what? I suppose the big one is whose room are you in? Amazing. Guys, Phil Bedford. Phil, where's, how's the best place? What is the best place for everyone to get in touch with you? Uh, so I've got a, a Facebook page, Rebel Networker. Um, I've got my own website, therebelnetworker.com, Rebel Networker TV. Uh, reach out to me there. Um, uh, LinkedIn, Phil Bedford. Just reach out if you connect with me and just mention this show, and I will absolutely connect you. If you have any questions, feel free. And if you want to come network with me at Quarantine Connect, it's free, and I'd love to see you there. Amazing. Phil Bedford, thank you so much, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, and a big shout out to you guys for what you're doing here. This is awesome. You know, it's, it's been a great initiative and people need it. So well done. Thank you. We're, we're really enjoying it. You know, it's, it's, it's great for us to interview people like you and, you know, to help us build this community and to essentially help business owners in Dubai. So, so yeah, it's a, something we're very passionate about. So thank you, mate. And uh, look forward to catching up for that coffee when, uh, when all this is over. <laughs> Yeah, and a bit, a big, big shout out to the guys obviously at F10 as well for who've done some also video work for me recently and put me here today and connected me with you. So thanks, guys, really appreciate it. Awesome stuff. Cheers, mate. Take care. Take it easy, guys. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community. 